What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday night here on the All About the Birds weekly report here on the AAT Sports Network. I, of course, am Chip at Chip for the Birds, joined by my co-hosts in crime, Mike at Rewind CEO and Johnny Uleka at Johnny U9322. Y'all, it is Eagles Jets Week, um, which we say like once every like seven years. Unless it's the preseason, then it's, you know, once every year. Every year. We say it every year. Every year. Um, we had to bring in like a top-notch a, a top-notch guy. And what we were able to do is we brought in the brilliant Will Parkinson at Will PA11. He is the host and producer of Turn on the Jets podcast. And he is a former Townsend and Cortland football player. He played wide receiver and he played tight ends. He knows all about the passing game woes that we're going to be discussing in detail tonight. Will, thank you for joining us, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited. It's, uh, it's a battle of basically the exact same uniforms and two of the oh, yeah, most <laughs> irrational, obnoxious fan bases in sports. So we'll have a great time. <laughs> I, I like this guy already. I, hey, I'm, he, he's in. I'm, I'm, we're good. But is it, isn't it the Jets the reason that Jeffrey Lurie changed the colors? Was because yeah, and then, we, then we changed, and then we just changed them back to now looking the exact same. Like the jerseys during camp at that practice, those practices, I'm like, couldn't tell you what team's what. They're the same exact jerseys. And the thing is, the Jets are going all black this week. I'm ex- dude, those all blacks are clean. And they're three and during the day in those jerseys. At night, not I so think much. it's just the it's just the black jerseys because the Eagles, when they had black uniforms or black uniform pieces, they're way were better too. Dominating as well. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. It looks great, especially in uh the green, white, and black. Like it looks nice. I just our the Jets white and green jerseys used to look a lot cooler. For those who will be going to the game that are watching this, you will see a lot of retro, like early two thousands Jets stuff where the Jets were good, and also Curtis, the white jerseys are Curtis the cleanest Martin, ones. You'll see a million Curtis Martins, a million Darrell Revis, a million, um, a million, a million uh, you know Wayne Corbett jerseys that'll be floating around uh, MetLife. Some some Mark Sanchez's. <laughs> uh, the there's a lot more. The quarterback jerseys are tough. They're, they've there's a lot of a lot of them have been bought and a lot have been burned. So <laughs> it sounds like the Eagles and Jets fan base. We got a lot of parallels here. We're both obnoxious, miserable people. Um, we 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 wear throwback jerseys. You know, I got an Eagles starter jacket downstairs from like 1994, something like that. So. You know, what, which uniforms do you like better? Do you like the early 2000s, like what Brett Favre would have worn? Or do you like like the early 90s? I know it's a little bit different than what they're wearing now. Like the color is a little darker now. Like what? what's your favorite? I know this is weird to talk about, but as Eagles fans, we all love Kelly Green. So. Yeah, so like <laughs> I have favorite? I have a ton of uh, different Jets stuff, obviously. I'll go get it in a minute. There's I have a cool like the Nas, uh, the Nas Jets like lit 90s jacket. Um, that color green was sweet, but I, I have like a special, just I'm 27. So like growing up, I have a special kind of feeling for those. Like, I think they wore them 98 to like 2000, uh, well till 2019, but it was mostly like 98 to 2010 before they got the, uh, before Nike took over and kind of ruined all the jerseys. Uh-huh. All um, of them. Those, those that, are, those way. ones, those ones really stand out. And, um, yeah, the Jets, the Jets and the Eagles fan base are very similar people that, you know, most of them grew up. You know, it's a pretty close fan base in, in a sense. A lot of people from South Jersey kind of split. Obviously, there's a lot of Giants fans mixed in, but the same kind of 
the same kind of uh, the same kind of scum goes both ways, and like you get you get <laughs> you get the same people. But you know, it's the your quarterback sucks one week, the next week they're the best thing of all time. So um, it'll be an interesting crowd. It's going to be no matter who it is, someone's going to be pissed off on Sunday. Well, I'm so I'm so glad that you you, you led right in with the quarterback because that was going to be my first question. Um, so I, I just want to remind all of our, our wonderful listeners, you know, we'll talk about the sponsors. We'll talk about all those great things. And you're going to hear this statistic multiple times over the next couple of days. But all time, the Philadelphia Eagles have never lost to the New York Jets. They are 11-0. I just want to sneak that in there because um, I, I know Will presented the the other side of it saying that he's 0-11 all time. I, I like it our way. I like it our way. I mean, it works both ways, but I like it our way. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been ugly. It's the, probably the last Jets, um, other than 2015, you know, the Jets had that really nice run there, back-to-back AFC title games. And then uh, 2011 was the infamous, like, they choked at the end of the season. Everyone, Everything uh-huh. kind of got, went downhill, and that huge blowout, Sanchez threw, I think, two picks, two fumbles, something of that nature. Um, Santonio Holmes, like, early in the game, fumbles, and, and, you know, it was all downhill from there, and the Jets proceeded to lose, you know, the next week in Miami and the next week to the Giants, then Miami. And then ever since then they have, uh, they had one winning season. So things have not gone well when these two teams have played two years ago, the Luke Falk led Jets, uh, came into, (laughs) came into, uh, you know, came into, uh, into Philly. So it's one of those matchups that we unfortunately haven't really gotten a good Jets Eagles matchup in a long time. Um, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's, you know, with this new 17th game schedule, we're going to see, you know, some of these matchups more often, which I would love to see, you know, Jets, Giants every year and any in Eagles Steelers. I think like there should be a, some type of, you know, that should be the 17th game, but that's a whole nother discussion, I guess. It should, it should be that way. It's a, it's a college feel. I like that idea. I think that's a great idea. You have a battle of the California teams and the Texas team. I think that's actually, you're the first person to bring that idea up, and we're going to copyright it as part of our network. So no, really you should. I mean, like, yeah, I'm sure the, <laughs> the Eagles Steelers matchup obviously is probably the not the biggest non. I assume the biggest non uh, NFC East battle, and it's like you don't you only get it once every four years. It kind of sucks. Well, cool to be honest with you, the Steelers fans hate us more, more than, than we hate them. them. Yeah. For whatever reason, every Steelers fan I talk to, we hate the Eagles, whatever. And you know what we think? You're on the other side of the state. We don't give a shit. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> you're in the AFC. Like, we really don't care. Like, I don't, you know, I'm sure, Johnny, I'm sure, Chip, you guys probably feel the same way. Like, I, I nothing them. <laughs> I cheer for the Steelers if they're not playing the Eagles. Like, uh, they're Pennsylvania's other team to me. Steelers so. play the most boring brand of football. Yeah. Well, Big Ben's done. I've been talking yeah. about this. Oh, he's, years, been so. yeah, he's been he's done. He's been done. Um, but so we're, we're kind of circling around the quarterback thing. I, I got to pick your brain a little bit because – the Jets go out and they get who they think their guy is and Zach Wilson, um, who I personally was never high on. I thought he played mediocre at BYU. Uh, you were high on him? I, I like Zach Wilson a lot, yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss that then. I never thought he was very good, and so far he has not shown himself to be a great professional. He's also dealing with a lot of injuries to the point of there's been a little bit of a quarterback controversy in New York with – the Mike Whites, the Josh Johnsons, and the Joe Flacco's, um, all in the QB room. So, what's going on with the Jets? I'm just going to start with that. What's going on with the Jets, and especially in the quarterback situation? And you officially uh, have the floor. 
Yeah, no, look, the the Jets have been all in on Zach Wilson for a long time. Um, they, they, you know, I think pretty much midway through last year, you know, get to December, like it was pretty much, it was going to be Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Um, I, I think Zach Wilson was the right pick at two, um, based on what the Jets were looking for. You know, all the quarterbacks coming out of the draft, the Jets were running that Shanahan style offense. Zach Wilson fit it better than any quarterback. Um, in my opinion, anyone I've had on my show has said the same. Um, the big playability is there. The, the physical gifts, you know, he has any as many physical gifts as anybody. Um, the issue has just been a couple of different things. One, um, throwing the ball short has been Zach Wilson's downfall this year. Like, it, it's almost like there's a couple of plays, and, and Eagles fans, you know, I'm sure can go watch this. It's pretty clear. Like, he'll throw the ball 500 miles an hour on a throw that needs five miles an hour. Um, that's something that like one of the biggest keys, honestly, for Sunday is just how Zach Wilson continues to adjust and, and build off of um, each each start. And he's had some of those wow plays, the Tennessee game, rookie of the week. He was fantastic. I mean, the throws, uh, the Corey Davis one, um, you know, the one that he throws to Keelan Cole on a corner out. It's like those throws that five, six guys can make in the NFL. But then you have interceptions or um, just kind of brain farts of a sense of just this like trying to do too much. So um I don't, there's no there's no quarterback controversy. It was the Mike White thing was exciting for a little bit, but um, there was no serious talk of like him really. Um, you just can't like as a coach, and I think you know this is around the league. It's they couldn't be like Mike White can't earn his job if he you know he kept playing well. You guys have been through the fulls, um, you know the full stuff in the past. And I mean, we have Gardner Minshew right now. We're literally living it again. I I'm. I would. Whatever, this is probably a hot take, and I don't know if people are going to like this, but I'm happier. Jalen like Hurts. It. I think Jalen Hurts playing this weekend injured is better for the Jets than Gardner Minshew, who tore them up two years ago. Like I'd rather not see Gardner Minshew because for some reason against the Jets, he is like very uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. Put him in, uh-huh. and if that's the case, then get him in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but the, the Zach Wilson thing is the Jets. The Jets quarterback thing has been weird. Like they four weeks with a backup, and they were the best offense in football. Um, <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. Like the Jets were literally a top, a top eight passing offense, and they they haven't been in the top twenty five in a decade, other than one year. So, um, again, like I'm high on Zach Wilson still. I I think that you see the physical traits. There's throws he makes on a game by game basis that are that are impressive, and you're like, wow, I, I I don't I'm not sure I've seen somebody do this. And the mental maturity is there. I know there's a lot of the fan base that didn't want him because his parents who they vote for their vaccination status or what it's, it's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird stuff on, on jets Twitter right now. of like, Oh, I don't want this guy. He looks, he's a punchable face or like he he's, he voted. He for does Trump. have a punchable face. Though. He does have a punchable face. He's very, he's a very handsome 22 year old kid. I, mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, I get it. But um, at, at the same time, it's, it's not a lot of like, I don't like Zach Wilson, the person it's like, just a weird it's like he's your franchise guy six games in why are we why are we already doing this it's all the intangibles and you're actually seeing a lot more so it used to be more like with basketball and things like that but you're seeing a lot more of in the nfl these parents over speaking you're seeing it with um odell beckham you're seeing it with nick chubb and now up in philly you're seeing it with you know monte rager jalen's dad um so it's you i can understand the jets fan base kind of taking offense to all these things that have nothing to do with the football field because they are distractions or this, the voice coming in. Um, but I don't think it decides whether or not you're a good NFL quarterback. I, I agree with your point. There. No. no, I just think like at the end of the day, like I I've spoken with uh, people, everyone's communicated with Zach's mom. Like, I, I think it's, I don't think it's meant in a bad way. I just think she's somebody that 
has had a platform and I think she enjoys her platform um, and maybe too much at times, but Zach Wilson's literally offered to pay her to go away. Like he, is, <laughs> and it's like, and that's the thing to me that shows some maturity is he's like, I don't want any distractions. I know how this stuff looks. And I think that almost gave me more confidence in him of understanding the New York market, understanding, you know, playing quarterback in the NFL. My uncle founded JetBlue and like I have, I came from some money, but like he doesn't, whenever you talk to him, you, you hear any quote from Zach Wilson, it's like, there's nothing that's said that's not, you're like, all right, I get, like, I'm, I respect it. Um, I won't hit on that. I'll, I'll leave, but at the end of the show, I'll leave my Carson Wentz take, which is not a fan. Um, but, mm. you know, not at all. Um, but the Zach Wilson stuff, look, I think he needs to show a little bit more over the next six to seven, the last six games. Uh, I think there's no question about that. I think he's a guy that, again, has shown a little bit, but it's been like seven good quarters and a lot of other really bad football. Um, even the interception, which got memed into oblivion, which and it should have from that TV copy this past week, and fans probably saw it all over NFL Twitter and um, on tape. Like it wasn't actually that stupid. Like the running back literally turned around and like made him look bad. But uh-huh. it's, again, why not just slide? Take the four yards. Um, it's third and seventeen. The first quarter, you're backed up in your own end zone. There's just no need to do it. And I, I'd like to see him this week. You know. Darius Slay is not a guy you need to like test. Like there's no, unless you feel hundred percent open, just why just like, just eat it. And like live for another day. That's what rookie quarterbacks don't do enough. And I think that's why you see right. guys like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson struggle a bunch. So, you know, looking at this jets offense, uh, I'll, I'll stick with the offensive side of the ball right here. And, you know, lo- looking at uh, Michael Carter is you know, the running back is on IR and you look at the running back situation, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, I know, you know, LaMichael P. Ryan, and then they had Austin Walter. He played uh, last week. But looking at the Eagles defense, after getting T.J. Edwards in the rotation, playing a lot more, the Eagles' run defense has been very very good. Um, and they've basically rose up about, I would say, I think it was like eight or nine spots in terms of where they're at uh, per game. Now, it's one strong suit, plus their defensive line's a strong suit. How do you think the Jets now, if they're not able to run the ball, to have to rely on, you know, Zach Wilson to pass it? Is that something the Eagles need to do to rely on Zach Wilson to try and beat them with his arm? Yeah, the, the Jets haven't. The Jets have been the last couple of weeks have run the ball much better, um, but overall this year, like, been pretty poor running the ball. Week two, they ran the ball great, but you know, the Zach Wilson struggled a bunch early, and they got down in New England, who we've all seen now is, much as I think everyone hates to admit it, they look great um, defensively, especially so. Yeah. You know, the Jets, have they've run the ball better. They ran the ball really well against Houston last week. I think it was nice that the Jets got a win in spite of their quarterback. It's something that they've not been able to do um, over the last couple of years. It's like if the quarterback doesn't play well, it's an automatic loss. And Houston is a mess, obviously. And But you can make the same argument that the Jets were a mess going into last week. So um, I think the, for the from a Jets perspective, like they just want to be able to functionally run the ball in short yardage and like – and early on first down, like they're not a team that's, they want to pound the rock. And like, that's something going forward. I think they'd like to develop, but Michael Carter not playing it is a huge loss for the Jets. Tevin Coleman. Um, I think everyone's familiar in the league. He's got some flashes other times, you know, he's just kind of another guy. Austin Walter is kind of exciting. Um, you know, practice squad guy comes up. It looks pretty explosive. It was nice to see. Um, it's kind of a cool story. Um, with his dad, I believe, as well. Um, and then Ty Johnson's a guy who's got good speed, catches the ball out of the backfield well. He's a guy that, um, and the Jets wins, has looked good. Um, I think the Eagles are going to need to tackle him in the open field against Cincinnati. They just didn't do that. And there's a lot of third and 10 checkdowns he just took for 12 yards. Or, um, you know, second and five, they dumped the ball out of the backfield. He's able to take, I took 125 yards to the house. So the Jets, 
are meant to throw the ball this year, which is weird. Just like going into the year, I thought they were going to run the ball, be explosive on offense, but it would take a while. They throw the ball a ton. Um, I think they're like seventh or eighth in attempts. They're ninth or tenth in yards. Like they're willing to throw the ball and throw it 50 times. Do I think that's what the Jets want? No, I think the Jets want to be a much more balanced team. But um, if the Eagles are going to force them to throw and play a bunch of soft zone and just say take the underneath stuff, like the Jets are going to have to prove they can do that with Zach Wilson under center because they did that against Cincy, who played soft zone and very similar defense. Um, they did that against Tennessee, similar thing. Um, and they did it last week. It's just they need to take – Zach Wilson needs to take that – six to 12 yard throw and make it a consistent part of his game. Because if he doesn't, then they, you know, this could get ugly. Um, if he does, I think the jets have a chance to win that football game. If he's able to convert, you know, very, very basic stuff. But I think you guys have seen Jalen hurts as well. It's like sometimes the easy stuff is not so easy and it, it makes it frustrating um, in the passing game. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. And I, I see a lot of parallels there, you know, um, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more in depth, but we saw Devontae Smith heated at the end of the game last week in MetLife. He was open on the last drive, and Jalen Hurts didn't see it. So what we're seeing here is we're seeing two young quarterbacks that just aren't really seeing the whole football field yet. Um, I have a question for you, so I know we just met tonight. I actually do scouting for Dynasty Fantasy Football. That's where my uh, handle comes from. I was a huge Michael Piran fan. Why can't this guy get on the field? It kills me. Is is he not? Is he just that bad? Because he looked great coming out of Florida. I had to ask the Jets guy yeah, about. Yeah, that. so he's a guy, and he's not a popular player at Jets Twitter. Okay, um, he's just. <laughs> See, this is stuff I don't know. Yeah, so like he during camp, he he ran the ball well. He's a tough runner. He's physical. Um, his his ceiling um, coming out of the draft, it kind of was more of like that third down back special teams guy. And if you got some carries, but he just he's kind of been banged up with ankle injuries and. Um, he just has really earned this coaching staff's trust. Um, they feel like he's not an ideal scheme fit based on this outside zone scheme. It's Ty Johnson's like a perfect scheme fit. Might not be as um, well-rounded, but he's a better scheme fit in terms of some of the stuff he does. Tevin Coleman's a veteran, and then Michael Carter's looked good, so he kind of just gets pushed down the pecking order. Um, you know, if there's a time for him to play, it's it's this week and, and a couple weeks going forward with Michael Carter out. But, you know, it's, he just he, – I don't know. He can't seem to, like, get it going. Last, last year he was okay. I thought he'd get some more touches this year. And I was, you know, I thought his camp, he had a good camp. And then uh, he got COVID and got hurt at the end of camp and just kind of, he lost his spot and he hasn't been able to gain it back. Maybe we can see. I like how, Mike. I like how you asked like the fantasy question. Well, no, like, it's just, I was such a big Lamichael P. Ryan fan. I was quite obnoxious about it. I was actually the same I way. I was actually waiting for that question, honestly. When, <laughs> when uh, I was the same thing with Kylan Hill this past year. I just seem to like crappy running backs that get drafted. So I, Michael but, Carter in a dynasty league is going to be a hell of a football player. I would. I like that. Michael Carter too, and I, I'm actually uh, one of. The, I'm kind of bummed that he's not playing this week because I don't watch a lot of Jets games. So I was looking forward, looking ahead at the schedule. I'm like, you know, I like Michael Carter a lot. I get to see him play. So it's kind of cool. Like when you get, you know, I just love scouting players Mike, too, even when it's not fantasy. So I love Mike, seeing these guys play. Yes. Mike, John. the other, the other cool thing though, is uh, on the depth chart of the Jets, their third string tight end is Kenny Yaboa. I do like Kenny Yaboa too. He's Jets, from, fan, Jets fans love Kenny Yaboa. Very he's, from, he's from my rival high school. Interesting. Um, we didn't go to the same high school. Of course, I'm a lot older, but uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, this is cool. Local guy. about how you would prefer to see Jalen Hurts play injured than see Gardner Minshew. So I, I brought up the uh, practice 
list here. Jalen Hurts was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice. So I don't know how we're feeling about that right but now. But if you asked him, he said he's playing. Like, let's not, let's not, let's not blow this out. Jalen Hurts is not not gonna play, especially after the game that he just had. He's not sending this out, especially with the bye week coming up next. He's not even giving a window of opportunity because he's a baller, he's a gamer, and it is not the Wentz situation from years past. The only thing I, mean, I will say is like hurt. talking to Salah this today, he he doesn't he's not quite buying what the Eagles are selling in terms of Jalen Hurts actually playing. Um, I think there's a lot of people um, that I've spoken with this week that are like they could also take the other approach and be like, we give him two weeks here, and if they feel like they could get a victory over the Jets, like they put themselves, I think at six yeah. and seven, they get Hurts two weeks to get fully healthy. Because- now you also don't want to debt yourself in a position where like you yeah. rest your quarterback. And then you end up Gardner Minshew, you know, hasn't played all year, doesn't look good. And then you lose a game and kind of knock yourself out of the playoffs. It's like that's the that's the dicey situation with this quarterback situation where, yeah, the Eagles are a touchdown favorite, but the Bengals and the Titans were almost two touchdown favorites going to MetLife and, and lost. And um, the Bengals probably cost themselves the one seed. And in the Titans' perspective, you know, they can't seem to beat the shittiest teams in the NFL. So um, I just think it, it's – I mean, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's one of the situations where, like, it might work out fine. But if you rest Jalen Hurts to get him an extra week and you lose, like, you kind of toss the season on a game that, like, uh-huh. should have been a sure thing that's that could have then become not – but again, I, could could, yeah. could they be throwing it this way? Is not saying, oh, he's not playing, he's not practicing. Limited practice to get the Jets to because the game plan for Gardner Minshew and then Jalen Hurts is two totally different type of game plans that you're gonna have to put together. So to say, hey, you know, it's Jalen Hurts is playing and you're putting together a certain game plan with you know the option, the their RPOs and everything they they'd like to do and what they want to do with the quarterback having the ball to be able to pull it and run, or do you go Gardner Minshew who? You know, he can scramble here and there, but he can beat you with his arm. That's what he's doing. His sleeves weigh him down. Yeah, well, he can wing it. He can wing it. He is like I, I, I texted Mike today with a comp. I said, I have the perfect comp for Gardner Minshew. I knew it, it just came to my head. He's Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia, who can I, I like Jeff over. Garcia though. You can't be Jeff doing Garcia that. He was awesome. I'm I'm just saying. There's my He's Sam Bradford. <laughs> Can I just He's say this? Him. Also, Gardner Minshew does have the highest quarterback rating on the Eagles. Oh, my God. I need to bring just... that up. <sighs> Chip, I, I think you're not a Gardner fan. No, uh, you know, I, it's I'm not that I... a massive Gardner fan. It's not that I am not a Gardner Minshew fan or against him. I think that he is he was overhyped in Jacksonville, um, and he has kind of parlayed that into a contract here where now it's the same issue that the Eagles have been having, which is there is too big of a name as the backup. Now, it doesn't affect Jalen Hurts, but it affects the fan base. It affects the fan base. The only thing is, and I know Mike and I went back and forth with Gardner a couple weeks ago, maybe, and the amount of points Jaguars gave up, 30-point games they gave up when he was a starting quarterback, is it was so much. I think they averaged almost 30 points a game last year. Or let the last year he started last year when oh, he started for the defense was historically bad. So there's there's that. But one one question I want to give you, you know, talking about the you know defensive side of the ball with the Jets. And how do they have to if Jalen Hurts is playing, you know, their run defense isn't the greatest. Um, I know the last couple of weeks it's been eh, but I know they struggled big time against the Colts. Um, but you know, Jonathan Taylor, everyone seems to struggle against him. He's a heck of a running back. But how do the Jets 
have to handle this Eagles running attack if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback and to be able to do because because they're they're, they're pretty multidimensional. If you take a look at who runs the ball and you know Jordan Howard if he's playing Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and then Jalen Hurts taking it plus the offensive line. How can the Jets? Um, how can they stifle them? How can they do that? Yeah, so I guess there's a couple different factors, right? Like the Eagles run a ton of their running stuff out of 11 personnel. So, um, you know, it's something that they try to get teams, uh, they try to get their big bodies um, on a team, smaller bodies, right? The, the Jason Kelsey's and Lane Johnson's of the world, get them out, Jordan Marlotta out on, out on the edge and, and, you know, rough up some, some smaller, you know, packages. Um, the Jets, it, it's, they've much, they've been much better against the run the last few weeks. Um, the, the Colts game was tough. Jared Davis, who who won't start, thankfully, um, for the Jets, probably one of the worst free agent signings of the year. Um, he's a good, no, he's a really good dude, but he is is it's ugly, man. Like it's it's really bad. If you watch that Colts film, like it, it it's one of the whatever. I don't want to get down that whole loophole. Uh, <laughs> but Quincy Williams, who was a guy that I crushed a lot, uh, you know, on my show, and I didn't I didn't like the waiver claim. I thought it was a waste. I thought the Jets mm-hmm. were the second the second overall claim. You could claim as many guys and. Quincy Williams, really? Wow. Like it's Quinn's brother and whatever. And he's been fantastic, man. Like right. this, dude, this dude hits like you will see Sunday. Like, I don't know how many times it'll happen. There'll be two or three hits. And you're like, are they all dead? Like, is everyone on the field? <laughs> like, it's like he, he, like he gets up and I'm like, I don't know if he's okay. I don't know if, you know, the other team's okay, but um, him and CJ Mosley are the key, right? Like CJ Mosley is a fantastic football player. Had a, had a dip in his form a little bit, um, you know, probably weeks to seven through 10. He's a guy who didn't play for two years. Um, due to injury and COVID, comes back. He's an all-pro player weeks one through five. I'm like, wow, the Jets got C.J. Mosley back. And then kind of just his legs went a little bit. He looked a little bit like it's just a step slow. And I think, you know, they gave him three or four days off last week. He came back and was fantastic against mm-hmm. against Houston. Um, this defensive line's really good, but it's they've, – they've not tra- – they, they, if this game was in Philly, I would say like it – I would be picking the Eagles without even questioning just because the Jets D line other than last week has not traveled at all. Um, they did travel last week. It's why they won, uh, in my opinion. And I think this week, you know, at home, they've been pretty good defensively, um, especially from a D line perspective. They just got, they're just like, they lose gap integrity a lot. They're really aggressive, right. which is really good. And it's like, if the Eagles try to drop back and throw up 40 times, which I know they're not going to, but it like that Dallas game comes to mind. Like if they get, no, they, they will. That's, yeah. that's what, yeah. If they that's get, why we lost this week. That's yeah, why we they, lost they in, get in, Met, that, in MetLife. Yeah, if they get in that mode, I, I think it favors the Jets heavily. If the Eagles just pound the rock consistently and say, like, we're going to wait for Zach Wilson to turn the ball over, the Jets to kind of sputter on offense and take advantage of short fields, like, the Eagles should win comfortably. If they try to throw it 40, 50 times, and um, the Jets don't have, like, elite corners or elite safeties and all this stuff, but they've got – their scheme's going to protect them, and it's like – you don't want like you don't want CJ Mosley to ruin the game, or you don't want Quinn Williams or John Franklin Myers. Like you want to put these guys in conflict. The Jets have two. Like we'll see if they play, but fully Fatu Kasi, who's their three tech uh, defensive tackle, and then um, Sheldon Rankins, who's been fantastic in both the, you know, the run and the pass game. Like they both didn't practice today. If they don't practice tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. I would just run the ball seventy five times because the Jets. <laughs> Nate Shepard, who's the Jets, uh, the Jets backup defensive tackle, um, will get pushed around and he will get a rough in the passer call, um, similar to Derek Barnett. So um, those are, yep. I would just say, like defensively, it's going to be, you got to keep the Eagles out of out of third and short, and you have got to make Jalen Hurts beat you as opposed through the air, as opposed to like if he starts running for one forty, 
Um, and Jordan Howard gets cooking a little bit. Miles Sanders, like it's you're going to put yourself in a terrible situation. So I, I know that the Jets are, are one of these franchises that have been pretty quick on the trigger when it comes to the head coach. Um, and there's a couple franchises in the NFL right now who it's like you get a year, year and a half, and then you're like, nope, we understand you were rebuilding, but you're gone. Do you guys have your head coach of the future? I think so. Um, I think that he's gotten better week over week. I think he struggled early, but I think this was a year that like they want they don't not they didn't want to struggle. They want to win. I think that's not like they're they're not tanking anymore. But I think they know they're a year or two away. I think they're a good free agency class away. I think Joe Douglas is been really good at everything but free agency um as eagles fans know like he helped you know he helped Howie build that super bowl team and something that Howie's kind of the free agency guy like he's all contracts all free agency and like douglas in the drafts and stuff and you've seen the eagles drafts plummet frankly uh you know mm-hmm. since uh, since joe douglas left but um i think that that partnership is you know sala wilson and douglas has got you know they're all they're kind of all attached to the hip and they've got two or three years here to figure it out um, I would like to see them get three years, frankly, just because they've been such a quick trigger, as you mentioned. It's one, two, three years of the coach, one or two, you know, years of the quarterback. I'd like to see them get a full three years and and see what happens at the end of 2023 if you reevaluate um and see what you have from there. But I like Sal a lot. Um, I think he just he's he's definitely learning. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and a good and he's done some good and some bad frankly like the, some of these games have been ugly and they've gotten blown out and he's looked like he's looked awful and there's other games where I'm like I you see it and you're like so that's where for me it's it's just tough with a coach because it's like <laughs> some of the guys on, the, on this roster will likely not be in the NFL next year or will be on practice squads that are getting legitimate right. reps um, but at the same time you know, they they still should be able to win f- between four and six games with, you know, uh, their quarterback missed a month, hasn't played well and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, I'm a fan of Salah. Um, I frankly, for your guys head coach, I was very skeptical. Um, I'm still somewhat skeptical, but I, I have much more confidence in Sirianni in, you know, week 13 than I did, uh, you know, week one. Same. I think that's I think that's all of us. Yeah. Um we have a couple of really cool things that were in the comment box. I want to bring it up. Adam, one of our, our, our best people who comments, um, would like to know, Will, do you have a favorite player or moment all time for the Jets? Um, I'll go with some basic ones just because, like, I don't want to get too down to much of a loophole. But Keyshawn Johnson is my favorite player of all time. Don't ask me mm-hmm. why. I got a poster and I was three years old, you know, whatever. Um, favorite Jet, though? over the last 20 years is probably, is probably Darrell Revis. I just think he's probably the best jet of all time. If not Curtis Martin and, and Joe Namath. And I think he's the best corner of all time. He was part of a lot of the success that the jets have had. Um, in that 2010, you know, AFC divisional, you know, that AFC playoffs, 2009, 2010 beating Peyton, Phil Rivers, Carson Palmer and Brady all on the road in a, in a two year span. And, well, it, it, it almost, you know, they were a play away from beating Big Ben, Brady, and Peyton in one playoffs. Um, you know, obviously didn't end perfect, but, you know, that, that memory sticks out. It's just like they were they were a top three franchise in football for two and a half years, and it was pretty damn cool. So you you, make, you miss Rex Ryan. Got it. Um, no, 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 I didn't say that. <laughs> I read between you the lines. You miss Rex Ryan and uh, Mark Sanchez in the butt fumble. You miss it yeah, all. We no, got it. Uh, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanksgiving's oh, not a good time for Jets. Nah. 
Um, <laughs> and it's funny that, you know, Richard, he, you know, will already kind of answer this. Now the jets are not drafting another quarterback. They're giving, you know, Darnold, they drafted, they gave him plenty of opportunities and he's, you know, even when he went to Carolina, he struggled. They're going to stick with Wilson for, for a while. Um, and then Javier saying, you know, the Jets need to get together quick. That division thought that it would be wide open with the Patriots starting from zero with the quarterback. And, you know, now the Patriots look like they haven't missed much. Yeah, the AFC is, the AFC is kind of the, respectfully the direct opposite, I feel like, of, of the NFC. So there's a lot of uncertainty with the NFC. of like they very easily could see three of the four teams have a different quarterback, um, you know, in, in six months. Mm-hmm. The AFC is kind of like – those guys are going to be there for a long time. They're all under 25 years old. Like, you know, the, the Deshaun Watson, had, you know, and Tua stuff like that seems to kind of have quieted now. And Deshaun will probably end up in Carolina, um, you know, or, or Denver or something like that. You know, maybe he ends up in Philly, frankly. Um, but, oh. yeah, but, but uh, you know, look, the, the AFC is – I don't want to go too far on the Patriots stuff because I think they've maximized having a quarterback on a rookie contract. They've spent a ton of money. And while they are a good football team and they're really good defensively, they defense is old. Um, they're, mm-hmm. gonna, they're probably going to lose JC Jackson in free agency. They already lost Stephon Gilmore, and they're always, obviously they're always well coached. But I don't know that the Patriots, this Patriots version of their, is not going to be like some dynasty. This is just you know having uh, it's watched. a good it's a good football team, right? It's a good football team. I don't think it's a special football team. I think Buffalo is a really good football team, but I also think they are going to have to start paying guys as well. And you're seeing now Josh Allen. And that's usually when it's kind of make or break for some of these teams. Miami has already paid everybody. And now they, you know, they've got to retool that offensive line. The Jets like could very easily compete next year in the AFC East, but they have got to nail probably two or three good guys in free agency. And then they'll have four top 40 picks. And like you have, if you nail those, you're in a really good spot. Now everyone's like, Oh, look, the Jets are really up and coming. But until you nail those um, it's, they're the fourth, they're the fourth dog in the, uh, in the AFC East right now, unfortunately, closer Miami, but it's it's still Miami uh, in third Buffalo, one or t- one in the New England too, at least in my opinion. So my my favorite player right now for the Jets has to be you know he's a rookie uh, from Florida State, Hamza Nazarildin. Uh, one I love the name too. I don't know I, I I just liked him at Florida State. I know he's not you know a lot of people thought he'd be a little bit better um, coming out of Florida State, but. Again, Florida State as a whole program really isn't very good. So, um, we'll how, just... how can that be your favorite player when they got a guy named Richard Wild Goose? No, come on, Hamza Nazarelli. Come on. I was gonna say you got you got to watch him, Elijah Moore, man. That's a guy that I'm really. Oh, I, so, I, I, so I hope I am. I mean, not from a Jets perspective, but I just would like to see him and Darius Slay kind of just. I just like to see 85 players of just like them kind of trying to get the best of each other. And you look at a guy like Xavier Howard and he was like, Elijah's the truth, man. Like he cooked me. Nice. And like, and Xavier Howard's a top, in my opinion, a top three corner in football. Mm-hmm. I think Darius Slay's in that top five. Um, so the Jets have seen some really good corners this year. I'm just, I'm excited to see how they match up with Darius Slay. Um, you know what they do. The Eagles, I know, play a lot more, you know, soft zone than they had played a lot of press man the last couple of years with Jim Schwartz and things. And now they've kind of, they're starting to blitz a little bit more, which is good. Um, but uh, I, I would like to see – I think people would like to see Elijah Moore. I think he's a guy that – it's a player the Jets have just not had in a long time and, frankly, is a pretty special athlete um, to watch in person or on TV. I love this I love this question about Javier. So where should the Jets concentrate? Free agency or the draft or both? Offense or defense for them to be competitive? And like you're saying in the AFC East, 
next year? What where are what do they got to do? Yeah, so they they have to address center, right guard, tight end. They probably have to add another receiver. Um, and defensively, they probably have to add one more off ball linebacker. Another, I'd like to see them add a veteran corner and a veteran safety. I don't think they need to get any younger. They have the youngest group at, at corner and safety in the league. I'd like to see them maybe add one or two veterans at you know at corner and safety. They probably can draft an off ball linebacker. They don't need an edge rusher, but like if they end up you know around the Kevion Thibodeau and and uh, and Aiden Hutchinson range, like they will take them. That's what Salah did, you know, and and Kyle Shanahan built in San Francisco with the Bosa's. I mean, with Nick Bosa and um, DeForest Buckner and you know. Eric Armstead and all these guys. Um, offensively, I expect them to address mostly through the draft, um, similar to what they did this year. Um, but it, you know, they'll probably go after some of these other guys, you know, center and right guard, the Ryan Jensen's of the world, or Brand Sheriffs. You know, if they hit the free agent market and try to pay some of those guys. But um, in the draft, I think like they've got four top forty picks right now. They've got four or five, and then they'd have thirty three and forty. Like you should be able to get four starters out of that. And the Eagles are like nine, 10 and like 11 or whatever. Um, and you know, the giants have like seven and eight. So it's, um, the both teams are going to be able to build through the draft, but I think the jets need to add some veteran talent. I think that's like, they've done a good job of drafting over the last two years, specifically that 20 and 21 class. I mean, Hamza Nazruddin is a guy that I still think I've, I have, you know, high hopes for, um, he's, he's a transitional linebacker and he got hurt and all these different things. Like, They've got they've got six or seven guys starting right now from last year's draft class that are all contributing in a positive light. Their veterans are kind of Marcus May and CJ Mosley and that kind of Corey Davis, and like that's it. There's no other like veterans that are like really contributing. So I mean Sheldon Rankins as well, but like I mentioned, he's a guy that might not play this week. So they need to add top tier talent. That's something that mm-hmm. again, that Eagles Super Bowl team, if you look at it and that that couple year run, um, yeah, a lot of that was built through the draft, but there was a lot of also like guys that got brought in that they paid big money to and then they they nailed them and that's why they they were able to mix that veteran right. and, and better you got to mix young guys and veterans it can't be all vets and it can't be all young guys and i guess it can be i mean even like the bucks right it was a lot of vets but like the biggest plays in the super bowl devin the guys with devin white's knee you know winfields and those guys Winfield. still you know made a great bunch of great plays the godwins the homegrown talent so it's both of them are important and I think sometimes we lose sight of that. You're like, you only can build through the draft. Like, that's not true because it takes it takes too long. And then you know these guys, you, you have to pay them and they lose them. Well, you can yeah. and you can build through the draft. You can build through you, the draft, but you have to be able to supplement through free. Agency. Yeah, your foundation you should be your foundation, in my opinion, at least. But I think you guys probably agree. Like, your foundation of your roster needs to be built, homegrown talent through the draft, waiver claims, undrafted free agents, and then supplement it with trades and, and veterans that could come in and take you over the top. That's how you. That's how you, yeah, I mean, uh, you you win. saw you saw a couple uh, teams with Washington, you know, throwing money at every free agent possible, and the you dream saw, team in Philly. and then the yeah. dream team in Philly is what I was going to say. Oh God, the, had to go there. Didn't part you? part one and two. Well, listen, we we Don't brought up fumble. The dream team was only fair. Don't worry, the, that's dream, true. the dream team part two is the L.A. Rams. Yeah, well, true, true. So, that team has done nothing. Matthew Stafford's record. Against teams that are over 500, he's like nine and 70 or something like that. He's not used to it. He played for the Lions. That Matt Stafford's weird because, like, I'm a huge Stafford guy, but like, it's right now, like, you just can't keep making these killer turnovers where they've been, they're facing teams that are more physical than them week after week. And, you know, I have a hard time believing. I don't know if it's, you know, from a scheme perspective, Brandon Staley is an offensive defensive coordinator. I mean, he, he was an offensive 
was an awesome defensive coordinator um, with the Rams last year, but they paid Leonard Floyd and they didn't pay John Johnson and John Johnson's awesome. And Leonard Floyd has not been. So um, they've made some interesting decisions. Like they've got three hall of fame level players um, or future hall of fame level guys on one defense, which is, is rare. And they're like the best, like arguably some of the best ever, not just like hall of fame level, but you know, teams are running the heck out of the ball on them. Like the pack, you know, every team it's like, they're just physical with them. And then, you can't let Aaron Rodgers carve you up because it's going to happen every week, whether you're good or not. I think I, I think one player they're they're missing, and in a trade that they did, it's going to bite them. Is trading Kenny Young to Denver? Kenny Young and now Troy Reader is playing that middle linebacker spot. Kenny Young is a physical physical player, and I feel like that's a big loss for them. And this be something to watch, you know, going forward, coming into the stretch run of the season and, and into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. I I I think the Packers. I picked Packers, Bucks, and then uh, and Chiefs, uh, Chiefs, Bills before the season. I thought it ended. Up, I was kind of hoping for the. I want to see Rodgers, Mahomes one time because we keep getting robbed of it. And then I wanted to see it in the Super Bowl. I think it should be like maybe one of those Super Bowls, a very memorable, uh, you know, type of situation. In the beginning of the year, that pick looked horrible. Um, I don't really see that there's two better teams, maybe New England, other than the Chiefs and, and the Chiefs and the Bills. And then um, although the Bills obviously struggled last week and then, I don't know, is there any team in the NFC that I'm picking I mean, as good as Arizona has been? And like, I'm not trying to like, they still couldn't beat the Packers in a short week with you no know, Devonte Adams and, you know, all these different guys out with COVID in Arizona, like until they prove they can beat until they can prove they can win that big, big game. It's tough for me to pick anyone other than green Bay and, uh, and Tampa. Right. And it's, it's, I mean, it's the same way, even with the, you know, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are already beginning their December blues and they started it back in November. So, I mean, it's, here for it. there's wow. no clear cut, um, Washington's class of the right NFC. Now. I don't know. Washington's like, why, catching like, why, fire right now. Why can't they win the NFC East? Like, uh, they can, they did it last year. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise they, me. They but can it goes because, down to quarterback play. But they yeah. can, because their schedule sets up for it. They play the Raiders. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. That's the end of their season. Right. If they take care of their own business, like they'll win the division. Um, if they don't, they won't make the playoffs. I think it's pretty like the Eagles. That's what I'm saying. Like the Eagles, this is a weird game uh, for both the Jets and the Eagles because the Jets win. They're at four and eight. They've got three winnable games coming up. All of a sudden, your two year season changes. Like we finish with six or seven wins. Wow. Okay. Like five, six win improvement. Like one year into a rookie quarterback, we missed a month. Like, we're starting to feel really good about our future here. We got all these picks, all this money. Like now you're like, Oh, the jets are the, you know, they could be the sleeper team of 2020, you know, 2022 and win nine, 10 games, the jets lose. And they end up with three or four wins. It's like, all right, like you improve, but not that much. Same thing with the Eagles. Then they go to six and seven. They've got business to take care of in the division. Okay. If not like now we're five and eight. Now we have to win, literally win out to make the playoffs. And it's like, you just put your, it's a very, it's a pretty make or break game, I think, for the Eagles, but also for the Jets and the way the outlook of 2021 will be. So we're uh, we got to get some things from you. So I'm going to ask you, uh, obviously, for your your prediction of some kind for the game. We want your you like a lock, and then you mentioned a, a Carson Wentz hot take. So I, I would like those three items from you uh, before we send you on your way. Carson Wentz is probably my least favorite player in the NFL. Um, I think the, I don't think players enjoy Carson Wentz. I don't think the antics of the injuries, the I can't have a backup quarterback because I don't want to compete with them. 
I don't like the religion stuff bothers me a bit. Um, I think it's thrown in everyone's face and sometimes I don't know how genuine that can be. And lastly, the vaccine stuff and then getting hurt and then saying I'm trusting the doctors was a bit frustrating. Um, and I think he got in zero heat for that when Rogers had some semblance more of a, you know, a real excuse on what he, you know, believed in and like gave a real and took the heat for it. And he's going to win the MVP again, in my opinion, Wentz got no heat and like kind of frustrating. So um, I'll let that one settle. But then prediction wise, um, I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles win 27, 20. I think it'll be a close game, but I think it'll be one of those like Eagles are up 27, 13 or 2013 ice the game with a touchdown. The Jets score with a minute left and, um, you know, cover or, or get close to covering. And then lock of the week. I hate Bama, but like Georgia seems to blow this game over and over again, and they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. So I'm going to go Bama lock of the week that they get in the playoffs somehow and uh, try to go for another national title. I hope not. Wow. Those are, those are all know, pretty. This, uh... this is the first time a guest has picked the non-team that he's representing, I guess you could say. The first like time. That. Is it? Yep, took us 13 weeks, but it's the first time. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I don't want to dig my own grave. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're out there. You, 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 you appreciate what we're doing here. You know, thank you. We, th- we thank you. And Richard agrees that Georgia is going to pee the bed. Um, Although, Falcons – I mean, since the Falcons thing, like the Braves overcame their woes. Maybe it's Georgia's year. The defense has been untouchable, but like we've seen Bama, you know, as the underdog against Georgia twice in the last four years. And it's just, it, it feels like it's the same story. If you convince me by the third, like I won't believe Georgia can beat Bama in this type of game until the game's over. And it's not because right. I don't think Georgia's good. It's just like we see the same game every time. It's like the Yankees couldn't lose to the Red Sox in the playoffs until they didn't. And now they cannot beat them in the playoffs. And it sucks. Yeah. Richard Richard lives uh, in the Atlanta Metro, so he is aware of the curse of the Atlanta that the Braves finally um, may have solved, but we'll find out. You know, 28 to 3 is numbers that will live in infamy. Um, but, Will, I mean, we want to thank you for, for coming on tonight. You know, you uh, is there anything you want to promote and talk about and share the kind of great things that you're doing over in uh, in Jersey Jets land? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> no one got pissed at my Carson Wentz take, or at least not publicly. No, we, we agree. Okay, good. I just, He's not just, here anymore, so. Yeah, I mean, look, you almost won an MVP, you won a Super Bowl, that's all that matters, but an extra first-round pick is not going to hurt anybody. Um, yeah, turn on the Jets.com, uh, weekly articles, weekly content, and then turn on the Jets on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, try to have – you know, as big a guest as, as humanly possible that I can, I can, you know, conjure up, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, try to cover the Jets and the rest of the NFL as well. Um, and then Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, any social media platform will, and then PA11, um, you know, try to give, uh, give as much good content as possible, some film breakdowns, stats, the whole nine yards, and then a lot of, uh, a lot of opinions as well. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you. We're, uh, we're going to uh, keep it rolling over here. But, you know, again, we thank you for your time. Again, this is Will Parkinson, host and producer of Turn on the Jets, and he is a former Townsend wide receiver and Cortland tight end, number 81 in your playbook, but the number one Jets guy we've talked to this year. So <laughs> there we go. No, I appreciate you guys. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on anytime. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get an entertaining game on Sunday. Yeah, so, a uh, good game. A good yeah. game is what we want. Just give me something entertaining. That's all I'm asking for. That's what we need. Exactly. 
All right. Appreciate you, bro. Take care. Thanks, Will. So we haven't really had a lot of time to talk about a lot of the things that happened. We uh, we did not do a post game show after the debacle in New York, <clears throat> New Jersey. I, I mean, I, I'm worried I, only because is Jordan Howard really the key part of this team? I have to ask this because I am definitely, I was against Jordan Howard. Then they started utilizing him the right way. The game that Jordan Howard doesn't play, they abandon the run game. Well, Is Jordan they, Howard the key uh, to this team? I wouldn't say Miles Sanders also did re-aggravate his ankle injury, which I think had a lot to do with that. That's but even before, the out of the first 16 plays, 14 of them were passes of the very first part of the game. Also, Chip, after... Jalen Hurts hurt his ankle on a sack towards the end of the game. After that, it was they he did not run the ball one more time after he aggravated his ankle. Mm-hmm. So it was you know Boston Scott, and then of course Boston Scott fumbled it, and then they got the ball back, Oof. and then of course they had to, they couldn't run it; they had to throw it um, to the, at the end of the game to try and tie it up, or actually try to uh, get the lead. But you know he didn't run it as well. I wouldn't say they abandoned the run because they did run the ball for over two hundred yards. I know it was, I think, 30 – was it 30 runs or 31 passes, something along the lines of that. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a frustrating game, frustrating game because the Giants just aren't very good. And when you turn the ball over four times and yet you still have a chance to win at the end and you lose by six points, you beat yourself. You gave the game away because you turned the ball over. And, and we've talked about that. We talked about Jalen Hurts. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over, all that. Well, he turned he the ball not. over. He turned the ball over, yeah. and they turned the ball over four times, and they did not get one turnover. So you're a, a negative four turnover differential. You're gonna. It lose. was bad. You're gonna lose ninety nine percent of the time. Right, and you can't look. the The turnovers were bad. My issue with the turnovers, look, the Boston Scott fumble can't happen. We know that. That's a, a, it's a basic fumble. It cannot it's happen. Rare for him too. It's rare for him, but he also doesn't get a ton of opportunities, so he's got to make the most of them. The Jalen Hurts interceptions were underthrown single reads into double coverage. Well, I'll tell you this. Someone's been saying that all year. I, I don't... All I'm going to say is this. <laughs> watch two of them that I watched. The Tay Crowder one, if you look at the all 22, he shoves Boston Scott, picks it off. Definite pass interference, 100%. The other one, the Quez Watkins one, if you look at the all 20, you can't see it on the game footage because the way the angle is and the way they just basically they didn't even look, they didn't even show you. They didn't show replay at all. So you look at the all 22 and I forget, I don't, who, who's the guy? Was it Love that that intercepted it? I can't remember who the guy was, but he had his arm on Quez's. Yep, um, more pass interference. On his body and he, he tugged him and Quez stopped. And then that's where he got any. And he intercepted the ball. So Right. But the single look, I mean, you saw a drastic regression in Jalen well, Hurts this past week. Listen, you know, single look, the last play of the game, he looked at Devontae, looked away, looked at Rager and threw the ball. So Devontae was open. He wasn't open twice. He was open on the slant. He was not open when he cut it upfield on the slant and go. The go part, the safety was drifting over top. So Jalen Hurts made the right read. And he threw a great ball. The two passes that he threw to Jalen Rager were two of his best passes of his career. Jalen Rager has – look, I'm not going to say that he has to go because you still need bodies to play wide receiver. But come this offseason, Jalen Rager's got to go. You know, 
we're all mad about Jalen Rager, and we we should be. I'm actually more pissed off at Nate Herbig. I was gonna say he hurt Nate Herbig. He, yeah. Those two. Oh tackles, yeah, pulling touchdowns off the board. Yeah. One well, one erase the big Jalen Hurts run, and yeah. one erase that Boston Scott touchdown. So you know we're talking about the, the one Jalen Rager. What's that? He's going to be the starting guard this week, though. He has to be, unfortunately. Jack Driscoll, by the way, the reason that he's shut down for the season, Jack Driscoll, is second apparently time. if you're put on IR twice in a year, the second one is season ending. Um, That's a reasonable rule, though. I'm okay with that because it used to I'm be not, you go on I'm IR fine. and you're done. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad about the flexibility. So, you know, the second, the one Jalen Rager should have been catch would have been like maybe at the one-yard line if he had gotten tackled right there, but you're still in it. But, I mean, the Nate Herbig holding took – definite points off the board too so that's frustrating to me especially for a guy that i believe is thought upon fairly highly by the coaching staff you know what i mean so johnny and i were talking about this i don't know who they're gonna call up or what oh by the way your boy jack anderson the guy from um he's on ir yeah he's on ir so tragic man but i know you're a fan of his texas tech but no it's just you they did sign Luke Jariga to the practice squad, which I think he's going to be active to the backup hey. center. They need, they need a backup center because Herbig's going to play guard. So, you know, the Kelsey knee thing is, you know, it is something to keep an eye it's on. It's concerning. It is concerning, but he's one tough SOB. And, and, the, and the, the, the greatest thing that, that he said today, if, if you listen to his press conference, they talked about, he, you know, they asked him about how, to, you know, you're so tough, all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, in college and everything like that growing up, you know, getting in the NFL, I thought tough had to be some super big, huge masculine type of person, but you know, being tough. And I learned about it. Being tough is coming to work every day, working your ass off to just keep going and going and going and going and going and going through adversity, all that kind of stuff. That's tough. And he's, he's hundred percent right. And it shows yeah. you in, in his play, what he does. And he willed himself to get back on that field because he knew the team needed him. And, and right, that he got so disgusted with what Herbig was doing. He's like, I, I gotta, I gotta come on, come on. Well, <laughs> Chip, out. you know, counterpoint to you saying, does the team go as Jordan Howard goes? Essentially, does the team go as Jason Kelsey goes? Because we saw a massive drop off. If Jason Kelsey's on the field, those penalties, I'm saying there's a 95% chance that those penalties do not happen. Yeah, I think that the run game, I think the run game goes as Kelsey goes. I don't think the team does because you still were a four win team last season and Kelsey played almost every single snap. Yeah. Um, the only one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think, but I think the run game goes as Kelsey goes because when Kelsey was off the field, they went, all right, well, we got to go back to passing. Um, yes, Javier, we know that Jay Jaw made another good play. <laughs> At this point, Jay Jaw is a better wide receiver than Jalen Rager because Jalen Rager on special teams is a liability. Jay Jaw is not um and in the exactly. passing game jay jaw is not but again jay jaw is not a good football player i am not a you know when he bulks up a little bit and wants to switch to tight end that'll be great um but again my biggest issue with this past week was the complete avoidance of your best players right we've sat on this podcast and argued about dallas goddard's ability to help this team yeah he was not given opportunities. Devontae Smith was not given opportunities. This team constantly gives the ball or tries to force the ball 
to players that are not the top tier offensive weapons that they have. And it is becoming problematic. The game plan that they brought into MetLife Stadium last week was flat out the wrong game plan. And I tweeted early on in the game. I said, the Eagles are trying to get cute again. And someone was like, what do you mean? I said, run up, run pass option. He pulls the ball in. He rolls out a little bit towards and then throws the ball to Quez Watkins behind the line, making it a run play. That's not a necessary play. That play doesn't get you anything. That play, that play got you three yards. That play got you three yards. That is not, that is overthinking. That is being too cute. And I had a problem with the way they were doing things. I think the biggest thing with them is the way they need to run the offense, especially with Jalen Hurts, is you need to be getting positive yardage on first and second down. You need to have manageable third down. They had way too many, you know, third downs that were seven, eight, nine, ten mm-hmm. yards. You can't be doing that because then you're forcing, basically, you're forcing him to just pass it because you look at it this way. If you're third and three, third and four, you have so many different things you can do. You can hand the ball off and get four yards. You can pull it and have Jalen run for four yards. You can throw the ball for four. There's so many different things you can do. And the other thing that I saw that um, I wanted to bring up was when Jalen, Jalen Rager caught the ball in the two yard line. And a lot of people were, you know, complaining on why, how come, Jalen Hurts isn't just lining up under center and just handing it off. That's what they should do at the goal line. I'm going to say that's not. We don't have a fullback. That's for starters. But no, that's not 100% true because now what they did was just have Jalen just run straight for it. That's stupid. What they should have done is have the running back to be able to do the option because then the defense has to rely on three different things to try and defend, whether it's the running back getting the ball, whether it's Jalen getting the ball, taking it and running it, or whether it's Jalen throwing the ball. And that's something that a lot of people I don't think understands when they look at the offense and how it's run and how they, they want to run the offense. Basically, you know, if you take a look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens do the same thing, you want to have backs in the backfield and on shotgun because it gives you three different things for the defense to, you know, try to look for and who are they going to go after? Because if you're under center, you don't really have to worry. Okay. Yeah. If he fakes it, but again, there's a lot of time that's going if you're rushing more than there's offensive linemen. So I think the goal line, basically, if he's under center and you're handing off, you're handing off. They're just keying on one thing. Now, you still can score and you still can get yardage. That's not saying that you can't. But I think a lot of people don't understand when you're in shotgun like that with a running back and when you have a dual threat quarterback, it makes the defense really try to – defense has to pick who they're going to go after, and that's where you can try to beat them. At least he lined up under center. And not the right guard. Well, Kirk Cousins. He got under the wrong man. We we lost a game we should not have lost. We The defense held them to 13 points. And we put up an absolute dud. We're now can't playing against... Cannon. Yeah, I'm not. You can't. I mean, look, yeah. the defense wasn't terrific. Um, but you hold a team to 13 points. You're supposed to win that game. So now we're playing the Jets. Defense is pretty good. The defense is pretty good. They're they're now now third in giving up passer, I think, the completion percentage. I think they're third third worst in the NFL, not worst. So they're they're slowly moving down. Moving on up. We'll take it. So how do we win the game this week? Besides the obvious answer of stick and commit to the run game and make sure Jordan Howard is taped up like the Michelin man. Um, I want to. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm not losing to the Jets on my birthday. So what do we need to do? I want to get as much pressure in Zach Wilson's face as possible. Force him into making rookie mistakes. 
make the team one dimensional and make them throw the ball, which it sounds like is what the Giants tried to do to us last week. But that's what I would do. So, you know, that that's the, the game plan I would take there. Also, the reason I want to see Minshew, everyone, is I do not hate Jalen Hurts. I just want to see what this uh, offense would look like with a different quarterback in it. Just a traditional pocket passer. You know what I mean? I want to see. Uh, don't let Jalen throw it in the middle of the field. You know, Johnny, I wonder, does Jalen have issues seeing the whole field? I'm talking to Johnny Higgins, not Johnny Uleka. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, man, there are times where you just see guys flagging them down. It's like, and then he just rolls right and runs. It's like, what are you doing? Man? Come but the on. thing is, did you watch Monday Night Football? You may not have because that is a little bit later for you. And like you, you know, could have been a little early. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm dying right um, now. And what, what watching that game and you know the the misses. Russell wasn't a guy's running right open. He's trying to do the big play, and I feel like that's something that I feel on definitely on Sunday that Rager tried or not Rager Jalen uh, Hurts tried to do was try to take a Jalen. Yeah, right. Um, you know, he tried to go for the big play instead of actually taking what the defense was giving you. And I feel like that's something that he has to start doing. Yeah. What And Joe Burrow said it in his press conference. Early in the season, he was trying to go too much for the big play, trying to force things instead of giving, you know, ta- you know, taking what the defense was giving him. And that's something that Jalen Hurts needs to do. The defense is going to give you something underneath. Get four, five, six yards. Take it. Get yeah. the positive yardage. Get the positive yardage yeah, and just keep – work your way down the field. And then you can use your legs and do a whole bunch of different type of – um, you know, the, the way that you're multifaceted as a quarterback to be able to use that skill set. And uh, that's something that hopefully, you know, it happens. And my, my key for this week, it's, you know, if Jalen's healthy, you know, it's, you know, pounding the ball, using the run game and, you know, being able to, like I said, what the defense is going to give you, take it and keep moving the ball because the Jets defense, they give up 30 points a game. I understand they may be playing a little bit better, but again, they just beat the Houston Texans. So uh-huh. um, I'm not going to really say that basically the Houston Texans are world beaters, but uh, you know, basically what they give you, take it. I yeah. hear this comment here. And Johnny Higgins, again, landed game. He took everything that was given to him. It was the best game of his career so far. But he also had, you know, months and months and months to plan. Now this whole week-to-week thing, you know, you can see the struggle. I think, believe it or not, I think one of his next best games will be the one after the bye. I worry about the the slog of the NFL season. But again, Nick Sirianni did not do anything to help Jalen Hurts out last week. Not a single damn thing. Yeah. So that's just my point. Like I, I even put out there, you know, watching the way that the game was being called, I would have preferred to have seen Hurts pulled and Minshew put in on Sunday simply because – if it's a throwing game, Minshew gives you the better option. Now, with all that being said, he's still got this team within a chance to win on the final play of the game. You can't you can't argue with that. But the defense kept him in that game. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And the other thing that was interesting, um, you know, we'll talk about it more on Sunday, but the defensive back rotation, Steven Nelson, Avante Maddox, Darius Slay, then it was Anthony Harris, Rodney McLeod, Marcus Epps. That's all the defensive mm-hmm. backs that played. And Marcus Epps only played 14 snaps. There you go. So it, it there's no Kayvon Wallace playing defense. So there's some interesting things in terms of the secondary that they're doing right now. They're 
They're just playing the guys there, and they're not rotating anyone in. No, except they're for Mar- except for Marcus. They're going, right. All right. So look, we're we're over at an hour at this point. We're not giving our picks right now because again, we are live at the West End, and we will be live at the West End on Sunday at noon. Um, we, you know, I had some family stuff that came up. I mean, there was family comes first, so we did that. But we will be there on Sunday. I'm telling you that now. But we are going to do. I know Johnny's very favorite segment. It's time for the new Lekka Locks of the week. Who's your lock? Johnny, so, recap all the goodness. Uh, last week's locks, now I had to rewatch the episode because I happened to misplace the paper. Um, but I did get them down. Uh, so, Chip, you had Minnesota-San Francisco combining for 75 points. Um, they did not. Uh, so, well, how, many they, how many did they combine for? Uh, I don't know. I know it was like 26 to like 35 maybe or something like that. Right. Something well, I thought it would be a high-scoring game, and it wasn't. Yeah. So there you go. Well, that's kind of a high-scoring game. It's not super high-scoring, but I, 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 I get you what you're, where you were going there. Um, I had the Lions getting their first win on Thanksgiving to the Bears. Uh, the Bears tried to give them the game as much as they could, and the Lions just could not take it. So uh, I was wrong on that one. Um, now, Mike had Ohio State beating Michigan <laughs> by three touchdowns. Guess who was wrong? Where? <laughs> Yeah, that listen, was a listen. I, I, I almost feel like we have to start a worse lock. Look, like segment. Don't you understand? I win because either way, if Ohio State wins, my lock is right. But Ohio State lost. That means I am the real winner here because I hate Ohio State. I agree with you. I hate Ohio State too. So I, I'll take I, that loss. Right I, yeah, I think I think we might need to uh start a segment. Which is the worst lock of the week? Because like I just look, my my my, I said seventy five. They finished with sixty. Like it's not that's not terrible. Ohio State winning by three touchdowns when they got their pants kicked in. Hey, mine's not terrible either. The the Bears won on a last second field goal. That's what I'm saying. So Mike, you get the official call a locksmith award. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you gonna make a trophy for that or what? No, it's just going to be a straight up like clicking lock, but we're not going to give you the combination. Okay, that works. Spring handcuffs. Spring handcuffs and throw the. Oh, I, I saw Johnny. I, I don't know what your what your how, how you fill your time. I was up, just but, I was just saying um, handcuffs and throw the key away, but you just went all off the rails there. But um, all right, so the Uleka locks, Mike. I think you have to go first. Yeah, worst I'm lock goes first. first. Yeah, okay. worst lock goes first. There's your trophy. All right. You ready? This is a so lot ready. that every Eagles fan is going to hope comes true, but the New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill leading the charge beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night, no keeping the Eagles way. division hopes alive. Not a chance. It's possible, man. It's in New Orleans. Right, right up until kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, so Mac- ben McAdoo, who's like a senior assistant, is going to be taking a coaching role tomorrow night. So. I know, which is actually the only reason why. Actually, I think that's going to help them. The fact that McCarthy's not doing the coaching. And Dan Quinn is going to be the, the head coach. Makes yeah, there's better. No- Cowboys are winning that game. <laughs> Cowboys okay. are winning that game. Um, Go ahead, Chip. What is your lock? So I have a couple that I was really, really torn on. Um, like I was looking at that Patriots-Bills game, which all of a sudden is like a legit, legitimate matchup. Um, 
I'm looking at, I'm almost, I think I'm going to take an easy one. Mm. All right. I'm going with an easy one. I am going to the Cardinals bears game. I'm going to the Cardinals bears game. Um, if you just say Cardinals win, I'm I'm driving to your house and slapping you. No, but the Cardinals are going to win. Okay, they're going to win, but by two touchdowns. That's you took the same three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. You took the nice lit highway. You didn't go the back roads in the forest with no three touchdowns. No laser signage at all. Only um, because the Cardinals at this point are getting players back. And the Bears are like, where, where is the field? So three touchdowns. I could put three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Two and a half touchdowns. That's oh just say 17 points. 17 points. There you go. I'll put 17. 16 points. Make it, make it I'm right 17. It's done. It's done. Dear, 17 points. It's done. All righty. So more. Uh, shut up. <laughs> All righty. So uh, looking at these games, I'm going to go with. Now this lock's gonna be kind of stupid. It's it's probably not gonna happen, <laughs> but I I don't know. I just have a, a a weird feeling that the Broncos are gonna pick off Patrick Mahomes two times and sack him four times. Oh, the double lock. The double lock. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I have some faith in the Broncos. Maybe it's because I picked them that I'm just hoping they keep they win. So I don't look as bad as I have when picking these locks, but uh, that's, what I'm gonna go. great. that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go All with right. two INTs and four sacks on Patty Mahomes. All right. So uh, there is in the week-to-week picks, we got ourselves a situation. Um, I've been leading most of the season. And I had a terrible week last week. I was six and nine last week, um, which was by far the worst. I mean, Johnny, you were seven and eight. But I will tell you now that the difference between first place and last place is two games. Yeah. JB took the lead. He's 112 and 68. You and Jeff are 111 and 69, and I'm 110 and 70. So it is very close. It is on. It is on. So lots of good things going on. Um, let's talk about the sponsors. We'll talk about the West End, and then we will rippity wrap it on up. So a lot of great sponsors, and they're all located up in the show description. So we have Statement Games, a fun free twist on fantasy sports. Make sure that you are checking them on out. The AATSportsNetwork.com slash shop. Make sure you are supporting small businesses. We be a small business. We appreciate you. Symbol, a stock market for sports, symbol.com. Use promo code AAT Sports when you sign up. La Terrain Luxury Watches. Use the code AAT Birds at checkout for 10% off. Funk Brewing, the official brewery of AAT Sports Network. And last but certainly not least, manscaped.com is partnered with AAT Birds. Use the code AAT Birds for 20% off and free shipping at checkout. We are live at the West End this week at noon, so make sure you come hang out. It is officially my birthday on Sunday. I am actually a December 5th kid, so come and enjoy and party and have a have a shindig uh, with the AAT Birds team. Adam, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Uh, He's going to be at the West End. Uh, he even put a lock in. He said the Vikings will beat the Lions by three touchdowns. I think that you're being generous because um, the Lions are real bad. 
gentlemen, anything we have to anything else you got to say? No, just you know, I'm gonna enjoy this weekend. Hopefully, get a get a good W, and you know, be there at the West End to talk all Eagle football. Come on, do, do have one thing to say? If Gardner Minshew starts, and you follow me on Twitter, mute me because I will be even more obnoxious than normal. I promise. That's me, my lock of the week. Here we go. How about this? This is going to be a bit. If we know that Gardner Minshew is going to be starting, I think you need to you need to get like a Minshew Mania headband and wear it or something. Well, I have the Gardner Minshew T-shirt. Well, might as well might as well put that underneath your sweatshirt just in case. All right. All right. Uh, I, do well, I don't know if my wife can hear this because this is a really bugger, right? So my November's officially over, so I can do something with the beard. If we find out before Sunday morning that Minshew is starting, I thought you were going to say something else, but okay. I will Minshew mania it for the show. I will look straight up like Hulk Hogan. There we go. Love it. I like that. I like that. We have to find out before I leave for the West End, though, on Sunday. But, but listen, though, we have to try to figure something out. Well, of course, you'll have to know before that, but you need some aviator sunglasses, though, too. I got it. Come on, brother. I got it. <laughs> I got aviators and their prescription because I'm cool like that. Oh, my. I'm not cool at all. I know. On that note, <laughs> I'm Chip. Time to wrap. That's Johnny. That's Mike. That's Mike over there. See, uh, Mike, who's been working out lately. I'm on it. I'm aware. I see. I know what's going on. Um. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Will for joining us. And uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna spare you with the uh, Manscaped commercial because I can't listen to myself sing tonight. So, go birds. And go we'll birds. See you on Sunday. Go Peace birds. Out.